edge computing applications or any app where you bring the data as close to the generator or receiver as possible and then run the compute there. So this could be a mobile application. It could be a point of sale device in your local cafe. It could be in a industrial IoT settings, uh, assembly line. It could also be a car or even transportation equipment like cruise liners or cargo ships, airplanes and trucking, any sort of logistics space. And that's all the kind of the way we would see the edge computing market, but it's all about bringing the data and the compute as close to where the user or thing is. Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and this is the MongoDB podcast. We've got a great episode lined up for you today on edge computing. According to recent data, the global edge computing market was valued at a staggering $11.24 billion last year alone, and it's expected to skyrocket. But edge computing isn't easy, it is complex. It's not just about adding a new piece of tech to your stack. It's about rethinking how you manage your IT infrastructure, your networking, your software development, traffic distribution, service management, and security. The Edge brings together software, hardware, and a whole new networking architecture to tackle. What's more intriguing is that we're still in the early days of edge computing. Deployment and operating models are still evolving, making it a fertile ground for innovation and a huge opportunity for new players in the market. Let's dive in with Ian and Sudarshan. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ian Ward, and I'm on the product team here at MongoDB. Hi, my name is Sudarshan Murlider. I'm a lead engineer on the MongoDB Atlas Device Sync team. Welcome to the MongoDB podcast. Well, Ian, Sudarshan, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. I'm really excited to dive into edge computing. And uh, I'm wondering, Ian, can you lead us off and... Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, what you do at MongoDB, and then maybe help us understand what edge computing is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the product team here at MongoDB. I actually initially came over with the Realm acquisition uh, four years ago. And prior to that, I was three and a half years at Realm. So over seven and a half years on mobile and edge-centric uh, products and services. And yeah, so we have a couple services here at MongoDB on, on MongoDB Atlas, the, the cloud database as a service. And one of them is Device Sync. And what this enables is the ability for a mobile device to read and write data locally, have it go offline, still read and write data locally, and then synchronize that data to the cloud anytime connectivity is restored. Um, what we've added and extended to this service is and why we're also getting into this edge computing market is what we call the Atlas Edge server. And so this is a, a locally deployed containerized instance of a MongoDB, as well as an edge synchronization service that can you can deploy in your, your back of office in like a retail location. And so those two kind of uh, products are our extension into the edge computing market. And that's why we're, we're launching this story, the solution-based story called Atlas for the Edge, uh, because what we found is that there's a lot of interest in this market. It's really exploding uh, out there in the market today of edge computing applications. And edge is kind of a, a conflated term, uh, not only out there in the market today, but I've also realized here at MongoDB. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, when you say edge, it can mean different things to different people. Uh, but the kind of the, the central theme and what we've been able to solidify around is that uh, edge computing applications are any time, any app that where you bring the data as close to the generator or receiver as possible and then run the compute there. 
Um, so this could be a mobile application, right? It could be a point of sale device in your local cafe. It could be in a industrial IOT uh, setting, so a uh, assembly line. Uh, it could also be a car or even um, transportation equipment like uh, cruise liners or cargo ships, airplanes, and trucking, right? Any sort of logistics space. And so that's that's all the kind of the the way we would see the edge computing uh, market. And so it's a lot of different things, uh, but it's all about bringing the data and the compute as close to where the user or thing is. Mm, great, great overview. And we're going to get into the, the technical side of things shortly with Sadarshan. But Ian, talk to us about the challenges that people are facing today without a solution like MongoDB for the edge. Yeah, so the with with edge computing, and, and really what, what has driven this is there, there's kind of a few different reasons here. One is commoditization of hardware. So, you know, over the past 10 years, we've had this, this mobile revolution and, and all the manufacturers and, uh, and the chip makers are making the chips chipsets even smaller and smaller and cheaper and cheaper. And what this has entailed is that basically anything that can be turned into a computer uh, can be turned, uh, will be turned into a computer. And so this is kind of the, the IoT, the Internet of Things. Um, and what these architects are realizing is that, okay, I have all of these connected devices. I need to get that data up to the cloud to uh, perform analysis uh, or do compute or business logic on it. Um, you know, there's around 15 billion IoT devices today. That number is expected to double to 30 billion in around five years, right? And what the architects are realizing is like the cost of receiving all of that data in a centralized cloud is just unpalatable. But with that commoditization of hardware and with turning everything into a computer, they're saying, okay, I have all of this uh, memory, this compute uh, on these devices. Why don't I just run my applications there? Why don't I just run my compute there? Why don't I process the data there? I will save a ton of money not sending it to the cloud and I can deliver uh, real-time insight because the they don't have to do the round trip to the cloud. Right. And so the kind of requirements there are, you know, for an edge computing application is you can have real time insight. So the data is there. The compute is there. You can immediately get feedback. Um, but because you are at an edge disconnected location, you can go on and offline at any time. Right. And so the data. So the 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 application needs to be resilient, uh, disconnection tolerant. Right. And then beyond that, uh, there's kind of a, an extension of that, which is, OK, if I am sharing data between multiple disparate devices, and those users go offline, they are making edits at different time, um, they come back online at different times, We then you now have conflicts in the data. And so you want a solution that when you upload those conflicts, they can resolve automatically without you having to build all of, and write all that code to resolve those conflicts. And that's, that's something that comes out of the box with uh, our edge server and with device sync. Mm. And what kind of hardware are people that are deploying this type of solution, what kind of hardware are they using? It's it's funny to say, but the, these computers that we carry around in our pockets every day are, are actually far more are powerful than, you know, the highest end laptop or, or desktop of only a few years ago, like five years ago. Um, so 
these mobile devices are extremely powerful, um, but it can even go even lower, right? You can have single board computers like a Raspberry Pi that can also receive data, sensor information, and then process it there. A lot of times there's uh, desktops or laptops that are in the back of office of a, uh, like a retail location or a, um, uh, a manufacturing location. And those uh, desktops and laptops can also uh, be used and deployed with an edge computing application. So it, it really can be the full gambit. And it's, for the most part, anything you as a user would interact with. This is not like a, a data center type server or anything like that. This mm. is far more commonplace. So Darshan, I wonder if you can talk about the architecture of the solution. What does it look like to the developer? Yeah, absolutely. So as Ian suggested, this can run on a wide array of hardware, um, pretty much anything that can run a Docker or Kubernetes image um, can run the edge server. And so from the point of view of a, a admin or developer, you would just go to our website, set up um, Atlas for the edge, and you'll get a uh, Docker compose file or a Kubernetes YAML and be able to spin up an entire local cluster that is now accessible on your LAN. Um, and so to take a concrete example, um, a few years ago, I was on a cruise ship, right? And I uh, was actually really impressed that they had a very sophisticated setup there where I could uh, log on to the cruise ship Wi-Fi and without ever talking to the internet, see the schedule of, event, schedule of events or anything like that. But I couldn't do much more because they didn't build all that stuff out there. If I was connected to the real internet, I could do a lot more. Um, in this case, uh, the cruise ship operator, probably the IT guy, not the, the pilot, would set up a uh, little server in the cruise ship IT room and they already have that. It's, you know, whatever's running the Wi-Fi in the cruise ship today, they would just deploy an edge server on the same um, box. And now when I connect to it, that is running a fully uh, capable MongoDB that I can talk to. They run a full application on that server. And then, as Ian said, when the cruise ship comes back online and is con connected to the internet, all of those changes will flow up to the cloud resolve any conflicts with any other work that's been done on other cruise ships or when I was connected to the cloud myself on my cell phone. Um, and so you get this really beautiful synchronization architecture. Mm. Sounds like a, a great solution. In the past, there had to be this kind of mobile only type database, and you would have to figure out how you're going to synchronize that with your backend data source. That's all gone away today. Is that correct, Siddharth? Uh, yes and no. So you can choose to use Realm, the mobile database, if you wanted to. Um, and we do see plenty of customers who are writing IoT applications, mobile applications, a whole bunch of different edge applications that take advantage of the highly efficient uh, Realm mobile database, and Edge supports that fully. But if you're a MongoDB user and you're not super familiar with Realm or you're not writing a mobile app and you want to write a regular MERN stack app on Node.js, you can totally just talk to the Edge server using your regular MongoDB drivers. This would be Python, Node.js, whatever you want, um, and interact with it just like it's normal MongoDB, but get all of the benefits that DeviceSync brings you with real-time synchronization, conflict resolution, and the Edge stuff of synchronization to the cloud when you're offline and online. I'm, I'm writing an application. Let's say it's it's no. Let's say just no no JS, and I want to interact with this this edge server. Is do I get a great question. connection string or what does that look like? 
Absolutely. This looks very, very similar to just normal MongoDB. When you set up the Edge server, part of the configuration will be what host are you going to run this on and how will that be accessible? You might need to set up some security primitives, right? You probably want uh, only SSL-enabled connections on it. Once you set all that up, though, it's just accessible via a IP address and port. And so you would just go to your uh, application, type in MongoDB colon slash slash IP address colon port, and then you're off to the races, just like with normal MongoDB. Great, great. And I kind of skipped over your background, Sadarshan, but you're actually building this, right? You're, you're responsible for uh, for building the Edge server. Absolutely. Ian is great at explaining things, but they hired me because someone had to actually build No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not um, great at building them. I'm not great at building them, though, but uh, I can certainly talk about them. <laughs> Um, I'm one of the leads on the team um, that's been working really hard to build first device sync, which is the, as you suggested, the mobile first idea of synchronization um, that is a cloud offering. Um, but now the edge server as well, which extends device sync to the edge and allows you to use MongoDB primitives. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to Ian. And I naturally, after I kind of grok the architecture and how I'm going to interact with it from, from a, a program and begin to use it, I start thinking about the costs. And you mentioned I can be efficient in my costs by leveraging something like this, but what am I going to pay for? How much does this cost? Yeah, so right now we're still in the process of kind of figuring out um, all the pricing. But for now, we've settled around um, the EA RAM pool pricing, which would be the same uh, RAM pool pricing that MongoDB has as like a self-managed instance. Um, TBD on if that is going to be what we GA with it. Uh, again, the, the, well, I hadn't mentioned, but Edge Server is in preview right now. So um, it's still in development, actively in development. And we're certainly looking for co-development partners out there. Uh, if you're interested, uh, please reach out. Um, but yeah, so right now it's the RAM pool pricing for MongoDB. Great. And I want to tell folks while we're going through this, if your interest level is increasing and you want to find out more information, there's going to be links in the show notes. It's going to be something like mdb.link slash edge. We'll make sure we, uh, we have the links in the show notes. <clears throat> so Sudarshan, coming back to you, how is this built? How is the, the, the service built? I, I would imagine there's a traditional MongoDB server in there, but there's some additional pieces around some of the the more uh, mobile cases like device sync. What does the architecture look like for the for the server? Yeah, that's a great intuition, Mike. Um, so let's start with what we had before we ever considered Edge. We had a uh, distributed service called the App Services Servers, and part of that is device sync, and that runs in the cloud in a number of regions across the world. Uh, and that's what handles when you were talking about before the mobile database synchronization. Uh, that's handled by a cloud offering that is the device sync server. Um, what we did to make this work is we extended that and figured out how to put it onto the edge. And it really was a matter of stripping out a lot of different pieces that we don't need to make edge work and adding in, of course, some new things um, that enable local deployment, um, logging and metrics from a remote, potentially offline location, all of some complicated, a whole bunch of complicated things that enable uh, this on-premises hardware. Um, and so once we did that, you can imagine that what you're actually deploying on your uh, on-premises is a pared down version of the sync server that lives in the cloud um, alongside a MongoDB database. Um, and so the sync server sits in front of the database 
adds a whole bunch of extra um, checks and synchronization primitives and conflict resolution. Um, but ultimately, you're writing and storing data inside that MongoDB itself. And that's a, that's actually a, a good point there is that the edge server has a package version of the device sync service that has been that lives in the cloud. And that service has been running in production for for over four years now. Right. And so it has a lot of uh, bugs fixed and performance improvements and all that. And that kind of benefit is also uh, packaged as part of the the edge server. Um, so we're very confident in kind of the core use case of of reading and writing data and and it going offline and then synchronizing to the cloud when the edge server comes back online. Um, and so we're we're in preview right now, but really some of the hard work that comes now when why we're in preview is like how do you operationalize this? How do you get logs and metrics and alerting off this edge server? And then how do you do config management? We want to make this as simple and as easy as possible for the branch. If you're an operator of like a branch uh, kind of deployment of thousands of stores, you know, you don't want to be configuring all of them individually. You probably want to be pushing, setting the config once in the cloud. And we want that config to push out automatically to your thousands of branches. And so that's that's what we're working on now is kind of solidifying the, the day two operations, so mm. to speak. Now, is this solution targeted toward a specific size of deployment, or is it scalable to super high numbers? What's the target uh, consumer of, of Edge? Well, certainly, it can, it can span the gamut there of you know, small uh, mom-and-pop stores um, all the way up to larger enterprises, but we're typically targeting larger enterprises for this, right? This is the large big box retailers that have thousands of locations, uh, a lot of times they may not have local IT staff, right? Or they may not, you know, have the ability to, uh, they want to kind of manage everything from a remote location. And so that's what we're trying to br bring this product to that particular customer. Um, those are the retailers of the world. This is um, healthcare facilities, especially if you imagine uh, clinics that are out in more remote areas. Um, they notoriously have poor Wi-Fi or poor connectivity. It can go up and down all the time. You don't really want to be depending on a application for uh, EHR records or healthcare records that needs to call out to the cloud. Like you need to be able to do your work whether the internet is on or off, right? And so enabling that frontline workers, the the doctors, the the nurses, the uh, retail front of house staff. Um, it could be also industrial manufacturing. Those use cases need to be working all the time. And uh, that's kind of what we're targeting for is kind of the the, the always on application uh, that needs to work no matter what. So trust is a big thing as you get into the larger enterprises. And it's good to know that the, the components of the solution have been in production for some time and, and the bugs are worked out. But can you share any... Uh, customer names that are using this technology today? Yeah, I think if we if we think the the full spectrum of edge, right? And we also take the mobile solution in that. And again, the device sync service is also what is running in the edge server. Um, we have a variety of different use cases there that are more device centric or mobile centric. Um, so that would be one of the, my favorite ones is Cathay Pacific. Um, they're a great candidate for the edge server and, uh, they're exploring it right now. Um, but it 
is a use case where when a flight staff needs to take off, they have to do a whole slew of checks hundreds of different checks before they take off. This used to be done in pen and paper. They've now built an application, a mobile tablet-based application that can do this uh, digitally. And also, while the, while the plane is in flight, they need to take a reading every five minutes. What is my wind speed? What is my headwind, tailwind? What is my fuel consumption? What is my speed over ground? Um, all of this needs to be taken every few minutes. Uh, and so what they have now is because this has been digitalized, they can now say, okay, I am on a flight from Hong Kong to Manila. And by the way, Cathay Pacific is an airline out of Hong Kong. And they can take all that historical data of that flight path over thousands of different flight paths and say, okay, my average fuel consumption is supposed to be at this level at this time in the flight. Um, but I'm actually much higher. Let's maybe change my direction, change my heading, change my speed, uh, the the amount of um, and um, the amount of power I'm giving to the engines, and reduce my my fuel consumption. And so they've been able to save you know millions of dollars a year just by having that digital uh, information at their fingertips. And so that's one of my favorite ones. Um, and that's kind of the what I like to call the the connected platform use case, like uh, cargo ships, uh, trucking, uh, airlines, um, they all have that kind of disconnected, but still business critical use case. And uh, we're exploring also with a lot of automotive manufacturers and cruise lines right now to deploy the edge server in those transportation vehicles right now. And we have a couple active um, POCs going on right now. Okay, well, it's great to know that those big names like recognizable names are, are leveraging this technology today. Uh, Sadarshan, talk about how you're ensuring the security of these implementations. Yeah, actually, um, one of my favorite things about MongoDB is the way we do engineering here. And um, from the very beginning of thinking about this product, um, or honestly, any MongoDB product, security is a very important focus because we're trusted by many customers for critical operations across the world. Um, and so when we set about to build the edge server, the first thing we did was think about threat modeling, what kind of uh, attacks are we opening ourselves up to? What happens if an edge server uh, gets compromised? What kind of data could be lost? Um, and ultimately, we have to be realistic about the fact that any data that lives on the customer infrastructure or in a local network is a little bit more at risk than data that we fully control in the cloud, right? We cannot control uh, what a customer does. If you're irresponsible with how you've deployed the edge server, then you are opening up yourself to some risks. Um, but having said that, we make it really easy um, to set it up correctly. We're going to make it possible to uh, use SSL and encrypt your database and um, ensure that you've got the right firewall set up. And so we'll have the right guidance in place and work with you to ensure that uh, all the holes are closed and uh, everything is tight and secure. So we kind of glossed over some of the, the problem states that exist prior to implementing this type of solution. And one of the ones that I've wrestled with personally is conflict resolution. I wrote a, I wrote a, a system many years ago where there were many painters uh, traveling all throughout Staten, and, uh, Staten Island, and they needed up-to-date project information. And I wrote my own conflict resolution to satisfy that problem. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. I'm sure there are a lot of developers that can relate. Sidarshan, talk about how conflict resolution works in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, let's talk about what it looks like 
before Edge, and then we can translate it over to what it looks like now uh, with an Edge deployment. Um, with just regular device sync, this is where you've got a server in the cloud and then devices connecting to that server. Um, the thing to think about is what if two different devices are trying to modify the same piece of data at the same time, right? Uh, as an example, let's take uh, a application that perhaps assigns tasks to people. Um, if two different devices claim that task at the same time, now you've got a conflict. The task.owner field has now been set to two different things and the server will need to resolve that conflict. Um, and that's a very easy one. You can just take last writer wins, but you can imagine this becomes more and more complicated as you've got more devices, more kinds of conflicts, conflicts on the same document, right? Different fields can con conflict in different ways, especially, especially with different data types. Um, and so we use an algorithm called operational transform. I'm not going to get all the way into it. There's a lot of public documentation, both within and without, uh, outside the MongoDB ecosystem. But suffice to say that we track every single change that every single device makes, sends those changes to the cloud instead of sending the, the state of the data. And we can use the log of all changes to try and preserve the user's intent while ensuring that all the different devices converge to the same consistent state. Now, with Edge Server, things become even more interesting because imagine that um, take the, the uh, Cathay Pacific example, the flight is fully offline um, and multiple devices are making changes. Those devices can also have intermittent connectivity to the uh, server on the plane and they can conflict with each other. So we have got to actually resolve conflicts on two levels. First, the devices on the plane when the plane is fully offline, but then also when the plane comes back online, it might conflict with different uh, other planes and the data that they were storing. And so this is where we actually get the benefit of reusing parts of the sync server architecture on the edge. We've brought that server down. And as Ian said, we're actually, when we deploy code, we deploy to both the edge server um, deployment as well as the cloud. And so we actually get to reuse all of our code. Um, and so on the local site, on the plane, we uh, synchronize and resolve conflicts there. And then when the plane comes back online, it connects to the cloud as if it was just a device and we resolve conflicts there as well. I think it's also important to point out, you mentioned last writer wins, and this is an important kind of unique thing is like, it's not wall clock time, is it, Sudarshan? It's it's more of like a logical clock. And I think this is important because some of the other solutions out there, they will, they will just have the last synced write wins, right? Whereas we kind of order the writes based on, you know, how they, how they would normally incur uh, out there at the edge. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. We care about causality. And this is what I was saying, where we want to preserve the user's intent. Um, it would be, you know, at a, at a trivial example, if we just wiped everyone's data, that is a consistent state. Everyone is viewing the same thing. But that obviously is useless. And it's almost as useless sometimes to just use a uh, trivial last writer wins, because now you might have uh, changed multiple fields, been the last writer for one of them, but not the last writer for the other. And now you have an inconsistent state from the point of view of a particular user, even though everyone's looking at the same data. So what we really care about is ensuring that we've preserved the user's intent. And the way we do that is we track um, how much data have you seen from other devices? How much uh, data has that all the other devices seen from you? And based on those uh, timestamps and based on that causality, we use something called Lamport clocks um, to ensure that we uh, <laughs> Ian's giving me a thumbs up because he really wanted me to drop the buzzword. I love Lampart Club. Um, Big fan. We, uh, we ensure that we preserve that causality and end up in a consistent state that not only is the same for everyone, but 
reflects the actual true intent of what the application wanted to do. So I'm, I'm tempted to ask you about Lamport clocks. Um, yeah, I, this is probably not the right place to go all the way in. And frankly, uh, Wikipedia will do far better than me. Um, but like I, like I touched on, um, every operation is given a uh, ordinal timestamp, the exact order in which it happened. Um, and what we can do is on each device and on the server, track which uh, changes you were aware of at the time you made your own change. Um, and you can think about it almost like a Git rebase, which your viewers might be pretty familiar with. Um, if you have local changes on a Git branch and you want to rebase it upon all the other changes that happen on the cloud, you have to first know which changes on the cloud you knew about, which changes you didn't know about, and then replay your changes on top of those cloud changes. Um, Git is a very particular algorithm around code, and you can imagine it's a little bit different when it comes to arbitrary data or arrays or strings or whatever, but it's a similar idea where we have to know, um, you know what data is coming in, did I know about that data already, does that data depend on my data or vice versa, and then how can I replay the data, my changes on top of that. Yeah, so I'm kind of imagining a solution that would involve like atomic or, or like acid-based transactions in a block ordered by UTC time, but it's more complicated than that because there are uh, changes inside one of those transactions that impact the state of the base system before the remainder of my own transactions get applied. Is that kind of the concept? Right. And so yeah. what you would need to do is um, keep track of the version in the in history that you're aware of, um, which is separate perhaps from the actual true mm -hmm. latest version, which is also perhaps separate from the version in history that you are trying to write. Um, and so you've got yeah. to try and uh, synchronize all of those together. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm so grateful that <laughs> there are folks figuring this type of stuff out so I don't have to do it. <laughs> what other what other tricky things about remote deployments and and marginally online offline systems are, are tackled using edge computing? So part of the problem that you've got to think about is um, when you're building an app, say you didn't have access to the edge server or device sync as a primitive, um, what happens when I am halfway through uploading some data and then my connection gets disconnected? Do I retry that entire thing? Do I try and pick up where I left off? How do I know the cloud has received it? Do I wait for the cloud to acknowledge it? I don't want to corrupt data, but I've got to consider all of these edge cases, right? Um, and there's a whole host more of things that pop up when I'm partially offline, but my connection could, could get interrupted, or I've got very high latency or infinite latency if I'm totally offline. Um, and the good news is that we take care of all of that for you. You just write to it locally that, um, and it just works. And then we handle all of the synchronization and offline friendly behavior. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important to note here that none of this networking code, the developer needs to write at all. Right. So checking if you're online and then attempting to connect to the back end, we handle all of that for you in a background thread and a background process. And so normally a developer would have to be checking if I'm online, if I'm online, establish a connection, then attempt to send data across the wire um, and then acknowledge it as it's received. We kind of take care of all of that plumbing code, we like to call it for you so that you can just focus on building a great 
user experience focusing on your business logic. And additionally, this connection that we establish is, is based on a WebSocket. And so this is a bi-directional communication channel. It can both push and data can also push up to the cloud and then data can get pushed down from the cloud to the edge server or to the device. And so what this enables is real-time synchronization. So as soon as state changes, it's automatically replicated to the other end. And commonly, uh, that development par par paradigm is not always uh, implemented, right? Because a lot of times what you'll see is like, you'll have like a, a, a rest call that says, hey, do I have any updates? No, you don't have any updates. Hey, do I have any updates? That's This is like the, when you pull down on Twitter, I guess, I guess we call it X now, uh, and you get the loading screen of all your your latest tweets or or zeets, whatever they're called now. And you know that what that do, is doing is making a call to a backend app server stack and saying, "Hey, what's the latest?" And then pulling down the next page of data. Uh, if you base this on a standard WebSocket, you can push it down as soon as state changes on the cloud. And this is how you can have a real time reactive application. So the system is relatively new. We've, we've just announced Edge. What state of deployment is Edge in now? Yeah, so right now the Edge server is a containerized package product. Uh, if you can run a few commands on a Bash shell, uh, you can get it up and running. It's relatively straightforward. We only needs a, a few config uh, parameters in order to boot up successfully. Works great, um, but of course we know that there's a, a bunch of other things that need to be built out. Um, the whole UI, uh, not only locally, but also in the cloud we need to build out. Uh, and we, we just wanna make it very easy to manage this after you deploy it to production. And so that's where most of the development effort for the next, let's say nine months to a year is going to go, is around making this uh, very intuitive and easy to deploy and then intuitive and easy to manage at scale. Uh, and that's where a lot of our efforts are focused, including uh, performance testing and all the kind of stress testing that you would expect out of a product from MongoDB. Yeah. So I'm always tempted to ask about the roadmap. Are there notable things that you want to mention that are coming down the pike? I mean, I think I think that's those are the biggest things is we want the UI to be in a state, a UI and then programmatic API access, especially to manage config changes at scale. So you imagine you have thousands, 5,000 different branch locations and you need to change a particular query uh, on the edge server. And so we didn't mention this before, but the way, you know, there's a, you could have many terabytes of data in an Atlas cloud database. You're not gonna sync that to every single branch location. What you're likely going to want is a query perimeter that you set in the edge server configuration to say, okay, I am store one, two, three, only give me the product inventory for store one, two, three. And you set that in the edge config um, locally. Now, imagine if you have 5,000 of these, you're gonna want some programmatic API access uh, to the cloud and you want to update that maybe for all of them at once, right? And so we need to build out the the piping and, and the machinery in order to do that and do that at a scale. And the other thing I would mention is the ability to update the edge server uh, versioning, right? So how do you upgrade this in a state where you can, you, you we do this automatically for you and the operator does not have to manage any of that upgrade path themselves, we want to be able to do this pr programmatically and automatically from the cloud. Yeah, I'm sure um, 
listeners can appreciate uh, if you've ever, let's try again. I'm sure listeners who've ever had to deploy on-premises software can appreciate how complicated it is to actually support uh, software that lives on-premises while talking to a cloud plane. Um, this, as we talked about before, is metrics and logs, right? Getting stuff to the cloud. It's also security, making sure that you're not opening yourself up to any vulnerabilities either locally or on the cloud because the cloud has to trust the local system, but only so far as it's not compromised. Um, and upgrades, right? If this thing is offline, it can't be upgraded, um, but it needs to be on a safe version. If we discover a security patch that needs to be applied, we need to make sure that that gets applied safely and quickly on a thing that is maybe offline. So lots of complications there. Um, and as Ian mentioned right now, we're pretty confident in the actual mechanics of the edge server, the syncing, the conflict resolution. Right now we're making it easy to deploy, secure, safe, fast, uh, all of that other good stuff. Fantastic. Well, I'll remind the listeners to check the show notes, mdb.link slash edge to get more information about the MongoDB. What's the official name, Ian? Help me. It's Atlas for the Edge. Atlas for the Edge is our solution-based story for our edge computing initiative here at MongoDB. Um, and the two prominent pieces of product and services that we have that we've been talking about, especially today, is... Uh, the Edge server, as well as Device Sync. Um, but MongoDB Atlas is a developer data platform, and there's many other services that are on MongoDB Atlas that edge computing developers can take advantage of. Uh, for instance, we have uh, stream processing, right, for streaming data, and we also have uh, Atlas Search for uh, doing search on full text search as well as we have vector search capabilities and so the idea is like getting the data up to the cloud and then you can take advantage of these other cloud-based services uh, but the biggest thing there for an edge computing developer is how do i get the data to and from the edge location so that i can then uh, increase the kind of insight i can gain from the data and, and atlas for the edge and our edge computing products uh, enable that for you mm. Will Atlas for the Edge services be deployable and manageable using the Atlas CLI? That is, uh, so the config on the cloud, so the APIs that you can use to manage this programmatically, yes, we are going to be integrating with the Atlas CLI. Uh, and then additionally, if you think about all the Edge servers that you might have deployed out in the wild, we also want to extend that so that you can programmatically update individual edge servers as well. Um, and that's some of the things that are in our roadmap. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I, I was so excited to have uh, Bianca Leesley and Jakob uh, Lazinski on the show to talk about local development environment management using the Atlas CLI. And one of the mind-blowing things is the ability to deploy a local instance of MongoDB right on your laptop using the Atlas CLI and then add search indexes, which deploys a containerized version of, uh, of Atlas Search. So I'm curious, is this something that, that will have a similar paradigm? Yeah, I think it's definitely, for being a developer data platform, we need to think about how developers build applications, right? And how do they build applications? It's not clicking around a UI, right? For the most part, you are building apps and writing code locally, and we certainly want to fit within that paradigm as well. Well, Ian Sadarshan, it's been a great conversation. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, once again, for the listeners, check the show notes. Uh, Ian, 
anything else you want to add? No, thank you so much, Mike, for having us. Uh, and yes, for anyone out there in the wild listening, if you are interested, please sign up. Um, we would love to talk to you and talk to you about uh, your edge computing application. So uh, please reach out. All right. So Darshan, anything else before we wrap? Nope, that's it. Thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thanks so much. You'll have contact information, as Ian mentioned, in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks so much to Ian and to Sadarshan for joining me today talking about edge computing. If you want to learn more, check the show notes. There's a link, mdb.link slash edge, where you can read all about edge computing and the MongoDB Atlas solution to this problem space. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a rating and a comment. Let us know what you liked and share this episode with a colleague. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.